0: welcome back everyone to the chemist confessions podcast we're back finally uh this is a human conversation on all things skincare science i'm victoria and i'm gloria and you probably thought we've forgotten about the podcast (laughs) yeah we
1: know it's been a while we took a little time the first two months of the year we were Mm. like man we Really want to do it right. We really want to do it more frequently. Yes. How can we make this better for everyone? Yes. Um, So you will notice that this year we're having us, we're changing up the format just a little bit. Yeah. So we
0: are going to basically break up our two hour long episodes into two episodes. But don't worry, the content is still. Technically remaining the same, you'll still get the news, you'll get decode that claims, um, you'll also get the Q&A uh, all in one episode, and in the second episode, you will get the meat, and of course, we will not forget the animal fun fact corner, that's never going away, so.
1: Yep, and you heard <laughs> it here first, the goal of doing <laughs> it like that is, we will have weekly yes. episodes, you weekly heard it here episodes, first. <laughs> and
0: hold us accountable, and I will say... Thank you guys so much. Um, A a lot of you wrote to us asking when the hell the podcast is coming back. Uh, We really appreciated all of that, just kind of fueled our fire and we really hope you enjoy this new format. Um, So let's just get into it. Uh, Of course, it's been long enough. Um, We do need to do a little bit of a brand update because a lot has happened.
1: Yeah, so you will have noticed that Mr. Reliable got an upgrade. And if you're an old fan, of the podcast. yeah It's been in the works we previewed it circa like 2019 uh, especially for the podcast. <laughs> yes, we've been talking about it for a long time. Yeah. We are very proud of Formula. Let's just say we were so ambitious on this iteration that We basically had to elevate our own chemist skills every step along the way to make sure that we get every active we like in here, the texture remains largely close to the original texture, and that it holds up to stability because we worked with some very interesting actives.
0: Yeah, I will say, you know, as chemists, we always like to keep learning, but I think we hit some roadblocks with Mr. Rilla, we're like, I just... I just want it to work. I don't care
1: anymore. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, I think the last hump in this journey was scale up issues. Mm. And boy, oh boy, it is such an important part of what chemists yeah. do. It's often forgotten. Yep. And um, and we learned so much loving this formula and getting it finally out there. Yeah. <laughs> So we hope you guys enjoy.
0: Um, And then in terms of another really big piece that we're proud of, um, we have finally gotten our double play clinical results. (sighs) If you haven't seen that, please check out our blog where we share um, the clinical and all the in-depth details of how we selected our subjects, what we were looking for. Um, we're honestly super proud because this also took us a while to mm-hmm. get, um, and we're the
1: results are just amazing. Like, yeah
0: i knew we knew it worked yeah i don't think we knew how well it would work yes
1: so um for those of you not familiar with the brand double play is our take on retinol yeah it has 0.3 retinol and it's in, in an encapsulated form and 0.3 is the active concentration uh that we have in this product and of course given that you know there's so many retinol products out on the market yeah. we didn't want to create something that's like That's a me too. So one of the most important things for us is create a retinol product that has a punching efficacy, but it's still gentle enough for the eye area. So we handpick, uh, on top of retinol, we handpick uh, a superstar supporting cast Mm -hmm. uh, in haloxal peptides and soothers to make sure that it's a well-rounded formula. Boy, that also means we went through some interesting rabbit holes on the formulation side. And like Victor said, after all of that, we went through the testing, make sure that it's safe for the eye area, then finally the clinical test. So we're incredibly proud of this um this product. If you haven't yet, check it out on our website. Yeah, and I just wanna throw out a couple stats. Um
0: I think one of the things that took quite a long time was just even evaluating the right encapsulation technology. Not all are created equal. You're going to hear that a lot, especially in this episode. Um, But being able to check on the general stability in formula, making sure that it does actually hold up throughout its shelf life. And then also, I have to just share a few clinical highlights. Uh, We saw significant improvement even at six weeks for crow's feet hyperpigmentation and even wrinkles and under eye dark circles. And that was the thing that I think we kind of were not expecting because in the first two weeks of that six week period, we had the subjects on board retinol, which means they weren't even using it every night. They were actually using it Every other day, so we were just generally. This is also why we're like so impressed, and we're just
1: really proud. And hopefully, you guys will also find those same results. Yep. So, um, check it out. Check it out on our website. Yeah. And to thank you guys, all the podcast listeners that's been so patient with yeah. us through this hiatus period, uh, we will also be giving out a special coupon code for everyone. So, if you like to check out our product line, please use the code CC Podcast Twenty Twenty Three. Yeah. For our 15% off your order. Thanks guys. Thank you. All right. Time for in the news. All right. The news. Okay. In Are- the news. Um, since we've been MIA a little bit, <laughs> there's a lot of news to go through. All right. First up. So this, this is probably a bit of a silly thing for us to talk about, it is silly. but there is news. L'Oreal <laughs> Active Cosmetics has been renamed to L'Oreal Dermological Beauty wow small tambourine woo and drums woo yeah um whatever (laughs) (laughs) i will say i think um for those of you new to the podcast victoria and i used to work for l'oreal and i will say this news made me chuckle a little bit Mm -hmm. it is a renaming they have their reasons for doing it but in terms of what they do, it's um likely to be exactly, exactly the, the same. same. <laughs> it's just a
0: fancy word. And I think for me, what I feel like is like the whole Derm is the Derm add on. Just I don't really it, I feel like they're just more falling into trends mm-hmm. and the and it's very obvious. There's so many more Derm brands out there now. But. Um, but it kind of makes me roll my eyes, to be
1: honest. Yeah. So we um, have witnessed a couple of these renaming. And it's like, okay, cool. And like Victoria said, I think it's interesting that they feel like, oh, that's where the market is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, before, I think they used the word, or not just L'Oreal, the whole industry used the word cosmeceuticals a lot to refer to these yeah. higher level, more derm-back, yeah. more active ingredient-focused brands. Um, and now it's called dermatological Sciences, which... Okay, potato, potato, carry on with life. Yeah, and I think the the core of what
0: that um, group of brands were things like SkinCeuticals, La Roche-Posay, probably now CeraVe even, um, but yeah. I mm. will.
1: Yeah, I will say though it is kind of interesting that for them to go through a rebrand, that means there's a lot of focus and attention on Durnback brands or more um science forward brands. So yeah. that's always very exciting for us.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Cool. Cool, all right. Next up. There is a company called Scent Genie. Um which I find the name to be I don't know why, it just <laughs> reminds me of like toilet cleaners or like or like diaper genie. Sure. Like things that's yep. supposed to mask that kind of stuff. Um but anyway, this company, uh, they're launching about 5,000 new fragrances. Yeah. And the kicker is that they are going to have an AI algorithm recommend new scents to you.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, you know, we're going to start seeing a lot of AI stories come out in the beauty space, you know, with all of the buzz around all of these chat AI, image AI, um, uh, I guess, companies that are starting to pop up Um, there again not all created equal you've got you know um brands in the beauty industry that talk about using ai to link maybe um certain data points based on your skin usually through a questionnaire linking you to ideal products and that part we will definitely say is not a ideal scenario because there's really no science that can link that um specifically um you will also see and hear about ai being used to look for new discovered molecules um there's that aspect and that's kind of in this fragrance realm as well um i think there's actually a couple companies out there that are looking at ways to map fragrances in different families because you know it It almost feels like an art and a science, and this can be so whimsy, and there are actually so
1: many fragrance notes out there, so this, to me, makes sense. I think it's very interesting. I will say last year, I went on a stint trying to find a new fragrance Mm -hmm. for me, so I will go to the mall. I have to try it on myself, and a lot of scents I like initially as it wears I hate it by the end of the day. Yeah. Or things are smell okay in the beginning, but it becomes really strong throughout the day. Yeah. Um, but something to remember is like a core part of artificial intelligence is the learning part. Mm-hmm. Um that is literally the definition of AI is yes. there's a learning component for yes. a lot of new companies that come out, say with this fragrance recco. I would imagine in the beginning, they've, definitely done, they've probably done their homework in terms of testing internally, making sure it does okay. Yes. it will probably get better with time. So yes. um, keep an eye out. I'm sure it's going to develop very quickly this year.
0: I also still feel like there is going to be some sort of human component of that connects yes. these data points. The reason why I say this is because when we um, started getting into the industry, uh, when you work for big companies that maybe have different houses, whether it's skincare, makeup, fragrance, Gordon and I actually got to do fragrance (laughs) tests ourselves. And it's actually a filter to see which nose, uh, which of the human noses can pick up very distinct scents. And some of them are just, it almost feels like you're smelling paper, but that's, it's things like that, those olfactory capabilities that um, I guess uh, get you the in in the fragrance house.
1: I bombed that test really <laughs> hard. I thought I have a sensitive nose. Yeah, and that test tells me that I am barely an average nose. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's very humbling for yes.
1: sure. Yes, there, there were there were definitely test strips that I was I I was like you're you're messing with me right? Yeah, There's yeah, nothing yeah. on it's here. Like, paper. Ah <laughs> uh, yes 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 high quality paper. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah anyways all right cool um the next one is you know we missed january episode but there are still a lot of trends lists out Mm -hmm. there that we should probably talk about and i think one of the things we see on the rise is botanicals are back
1: i i mean (laughs) in a lot of ways i feel like they never truly went absolutely yeah um but at the same time what i think is really interesting Knock on wood, at least maybe this is my perception, is that botanicals are back now with a little bit more focus on data. Mm, it's a little true. bit less foofy than before. People are more aware that just because it's a botanical doesn't mean it's better for you. Doesn't yeah. mean it's going to work. Yeah. Show me the numbers. Yes. It's kind of? <laughs> better (laughs) i want to be i am
0: a glass half full person today yes yes no i appreciate that no it's it's true um and also just because of the way marketing has changed so much Users, Everyone's kind of um, understands that there needs to be more evidence. Mm -hmm. So all of that is driving the industry to be better. So, yeah, Um, I guess for, you know, there we've there's a few articles out there. We'll talk about one that's, you know, more on the industry insider side at Global Cosmetic Industries. Um, They talk about just general trending organic ingredients. And Mm. we see that being launched in brands
1: like Rihanna's Makeup, even Daiso. Yes, so uh, Daiso. If you guys haven't had the pleasure of spending way too much money there buying little trinkets that you did not think you need, exactly, and you really don't, yeah. (laughs) Um, But but it's so cute. It is adorable. It's also not that expensive. It's essentially a Japanese dollar store Mm -hmm. and they're a little bit more expensive than dollar stores, but their um, items are more quality than just your 99 cent stores. It's a lot of fun. If there's a Daiso near you, highly recommend, Um, but they are coming out with new cosmetics. And this is one where I will say sometimes you see makeup palettes in Daisos, especially if you go to one in Asia. I have a little bit of skepticism when it comes that. to that, um, and they are ballsy because um, rather than just a standard like eyeshadow palette you might find at cheap dollar stores, they are trying to launch skincare, and not just any skincare. They are claiming ceramide. In fact, their ingredient list, uh, their product name is Daiso All-in-One Gel Human Ceramide. Whoa! whoa and I was like, whoa. Easy. whoa. <laughs> Excuse me. Didn't mean the human (laughs) (laughs) But I think the ingredient list is very interesting. It's not a long one. So let me just read it out loud for Victoria real fast. It goes, water, glycerin, mineral oil, glycerosteroid, steroid, Oh. I am done. I have concluded. (laughs) The ingredient list. (laughs) Cool. I mean, I think that explains the dollar
0: price tag. Yeah, and... (laughs) I gotta be honest, I think, um, in terms of Japanese skincare, there are some really beautiful textures mm-hmm. and some really good products out there. Not to knock that. I'm just saying, sometimes I struggle with some of these, like, claimed ingredients in Japanese products the most because I have no idea how much is actually in there.
1: I don't know if you feel that way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think for something like this, um, there are, there are ingredients that's more exclusively found in japanese markets that we don't see a lot of yeah um so in this product say the senol is what i'm guessing is what they're using to claim as human ceramide um to me it sounds like a huge reach and also (laughs) the rest of the ingredients are so common and very very economical mineral oil is a great way to seal in moisture glycerin is a great humectant i would imagine this is probably great as a very very basic vanilla body lotion oh actually i did wanna i just this just caught my eye unless there's a mistake to the ingredient list i am very concerned that there's no preservatives listed
0: yeah no um, that's a good point point. and also the yeah i it's just a well just very basic i would almost say like um chemist first job first project 101 scenario
1: Yes, so a little bit concerned, but we'll keep our eye peeled. And I do think the human ceramide claim might is concerning, also probably lost in translation. Maybe it's human identical Mm ceramides. I don't know what the deal is, but a little concerned. Yeah. All right. We
0: got one more trends list we should go through. Um, This one is um, from Brandify. They just share what are the top search beauty brands and categories in February of 2023. I do have to say, you'll see like a few of these from different sources. They Mm -hmm. all feel slightly different. Mm -hmm. Um, But this one is generally interesting. The brands that seem to be trending right now are Drunk Elephant, Charlotte Tilbury, Fenty, Tarte, Tatcha, Makeup on Mario, Rare Beauty, Glow Recipe, NARS, and Glossier. Classic, big players. Great. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, Okay.
0: Probably not anything
1: surprising. (laughs) So I'm really excited to, you know, like jazz up my makeup routine again.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I did want to just add that for those of you that do stumble upon vitamin C in your foundation, a lot of those are the derivatives. Mm -hmm. And so I think the best way to think about it's kind of a nice cherry on top. But for me, I would still prioritize functionality and performance of your makeup because even just getting a long wear film... um, that is a whole nother realm of cosmetic chemistry for um, those guys deal with a completely different set of problems and so that would be the way at least I would prioritize
1: that. Yeah. All All right. Moving on to decode that claim. Yep. So in the new format, this first episode, we will look, take a much closer look at a claim, at a product, Mm -hmm. something that, you know, we're just itching to share and talk more about. In terms of the product that we found to be interesting to share is
0: actually a more recent launch. This is by Dermalogical and it's called the Dynamic Skin Retinol Serum. And the reason why it made us do a second Uh, give it a second glance is um, we see that it claims a 3.5% retinoid complex plus squalane.
1: Yes, so you will hear us gripe about retinal percentage. Please check our blog post for more info on that. Um, I, I will say at least Dermalogica is calling it a complex usually what that means is it's 3.5% of the retinol blend that you get. This is very, very common with retinol um, because it's a finicky ingredient. It's not stable by itself by any means. So there are a lot of producers of retinol that either encapsulate it or put protecting ingredients around it yeah so you're never you're really basically you're never getting just retinol um in fact in our own double play um the complex we got is encapsulated that's part of the reason why uh, our double play formula the ingredient list is a little longer than the average ones um because it's just all the encapsulation materials going into protecting it um i will say my kind of gripe with dermalogica's 3.5 percent retinol complex claim is that I don't have a good understanding of how much retinol we're talking about in this product.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, And the reason why Gloria says that is because the inky list, um, I'll read you the top 10-ish ingredients. So it's water, squalane, glycerin, hexaldecanol, dial, dimethyl isosorbide. Um, I've lost my place. Uh, hydroxy <laughs> Hydroxyethyl acrylate, sodium Acrolein, Acrylodynethyl- oh, really oh, diacetyl, Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> yep. Hydroxyacetophenone, and then you've got your hydroxy pinocone retinoate, which is your uh, grand active HPR, and then retinol. Um, and so it's really hard to figure out exactly how much you're getting of. Which retinoid, uh, kind of. And I think the thing that we also wanted to call out here is that in the product itself, it will say 3.5% retinoid complex, Mm -hmm. but the name is called Dynamic Skin Retinol Serum. And seeing those two, it's like, You know, now consumers have to level up their education even more because you need to be able to see the differences of retinol versus retinoid, and that should be kind of a call out to know that, okay, you're actually getting two types here, Mm -hmm. and you need to have a good idea of, all right how much HPR are we getting versus mm-hmm. how much retinol? And that's really
1: hard. And people react to these two things very differently. Yeah. yeah and I want to say, as someone who has a lot of sensitivities around retinoids, yeah. I also want to point out that this is where um, it's the retinal world is very complex. Yeah. Even HPR uh, is is complex you can source it from different places right Mm -hmm. grant active is the trade name used on this very particular one that's sold by grant industries um is that the one being used here we are not sure uh which form of encapsulated retinol or non encapsulated retinol is used here mm-hmm. we are not sure um because that's not something dermalogica talks about which you know to be fair you don't really have to talk about it mm-hmm. but at the same time something to flag to people and something that i struggle a lot with this product is i don't know who to recommend this product to yeah right so yeah, even if you really have used point. retinol before or you've used hpr before are you dialing up By using this or are you dying down by using this? I have no
0: idea. (laughs) Yeah, and I think then, you know, in this scenario, if you are considering this product, then we have to start looking into any sort of clinical testing. Yes. Um, so luckily there is some in this sense. Um they actually show that they've done a clinical that um, within two weeks they were able to see an improvement in pore size, texture, tone, and wrinkles. And they even show it around kind of the kind of crow's feet region. Mm-hmm. Um, I also find it interesting, easily reduces is a really
1: <laughs> it's a Weird term phrasing. For
0: me. <laughs> How easily? Like gentle easily. <laughs> so um I think that's um probably if um I guess I should say that's probably the only way to really um, figure out if maybe uh, does this answer some of your skin concerns you're looking to target.
1: Yes. Um, I will say I think it's going to become a thing for Decode That Claim Corner is we're going to see a lot of brands come out with their clinical studies uh, we have said time and time again that quality of clinical is varies far and wide in between. Yep. Um, so we will probably be decoding that clinical quite a bit on um, this year. Yeah, I will say this one, um something that kind of like, feels like a flag to me is a two-week mark. Mm. Um, I don't think it's realistic. I, uh, based on the lingo that they use, I'm assuming it's an image analysis based on some sort of vizier or another yes. control photo mechanism. Yes. Um, but two weeks, I will say, is not a very realistic claim um, in terms of what most of you are looking for. Um, it's exciting that they, they got a couple of good pictures from that, but I couldn't find more details in terms of, you know like how many people saw that improvement by the two week mark because yeah
0: true it is a a little bit um kind of like a surface claim mm-hmm. um and you know w- we'll share that you know they do say this is clinical results um from uh, a test a clinical test that involved 30 subjects mm-hmm. um, they were looking at wrinkles pores dark spots and uneven texture And I believe the claims are actually just for wrinkles, pores, and what did I say? Yeah, and was for pores, texture, tone, and wrinkles. Um, And so I think the other thing too is, you know, we just talked about double play clinical and Mm -hmm. how we wanted to make sure there was a proper onboarding period. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of details like that that can really give you a better picture of how to best use retinol especially Um, so that's just something that you know if you are um, let's say you're onboarding this product we would still take it pretty slow yeah still do maybe every other night Um, with any retinol i think everyone should do that and then and then maybe go from there and analyzing and ramping up your use experience
1: yep so as you can see retinol is complex it's a great ingredient great data one of those wonderful catch-all ingredients that actually have proven data on all the things that it's claimed for. But it can be complex shopping for retinol. So if you have any questions, you can message us. Yeah. Otherwise, we hope that's helpful in your retinol shopping purchase
0: because I guarantee you you're going to start seeing more and more retinol alternative crap. And we're going to (laughs) get into that next episode. But we are going to wrap this episode up with some Q&A. Um, We have two really good ones. So I think one um, is something that we've been seeing trend on TikTok, which... We don't know how to use, but we hear about through our marketing assistant.
1: You know that meme of the grandma raising her glasses (laughs) at the computer? That is how I feel about TikTok. (laughs) And I think one thing we are
0: singing is, you know, we all know about the airless pump jar Mm -hmm. and it has that kind of like table dish surface. We're starting to see people basically take every product in their skincare routine and makeup routine and dump it onto that kind of like dish surface of the airless pump jar and mix it all together
1: um
0: and i think the general question is should you be doing that
1: um i will say of all the TikTok hacks in a way i don't hate this one as much but at the same time, it's <laughs> I, I have a lot of questions as to why. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, for me, I, I don't love this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like
0: the idea that you might be mixing your sunscreens, your foundation. Oh, yeah, don't do that. You know, I, I think the foundation part to me, I'm like, man, a chemist is crying inside because they just spent probably a year or two trying to create the perfect long wear film. And then we added a bunch of you know, their face oil, their serum, their moisturizer and film gone. Film ruined. So I think I personally don't love this, but you know. Actually
1: that's a great point. I would say when I was picturing it, I wasn't envisioning things like sunscreen and makeup. I will say sunscreen especially is a thousand percent no no on any sort of mixing. Yeah. Um those formulas are very, very finicky. You are destroying well, I shouldn't say that with certainty, but there's a solid chance that you're destroying yeah. any sort of protection film properties that the formula is designed to give.
0: I was also <sighs> going to say even like your vitamin C serum, mm-hmm. super acidic. Not great for some of these other formulas you're mixing with.
1: Yeah, so I would pay attention to any yeah. changing texture um, as you're mixing, if there's any sort of clumping. Yeah should be a telltale sign that you shouldn't be doing it i will say from a microbial perspective it's not the worst which is why i gave that face before because um (laughs) if the packaging is well designed it should give a pretty okay seal that you're not reintroducing microbe directly into the jar so that's not the worst thing in the world but still kind of lukewarm as to why you would do that yeah all right
0: last question how often
1: should you slug that is a great question. As the resident dry skin person <laughs> in on the CC team, um, I do it as needed. I don't do it very regularly. So for something like, like once a month, once a week, um, probably like two times a month. Okay. Um, I would say I chemically exfoliate. Every week. Mm-hmm. That is my thing. That is something that I stick to or I try to, something mm-hmm. that fall off the bandwagon and my skin makes me pay. Um, but slugging, it's kind of as needed mm-hmm. during the winter month or if I travel, I will do a little bit more frequently, probably up to the once a week um, kind of level. And I will say, I have seen people apply, like they slug. It's a thick, gunky layer of petrolatum. Yeah. I don't do that. Um, as often I find that I usually use a balm okay. and it applies pretty thinly so I am definitely more prone to developing dry peely spots during okay. winter and that's mainly when I slug do a full face slug yeah. um, I will say it on a day-to-day basis if I'm feeling extra dry I do dab it on more like troubled areas yeah. Um, and yeah I don't think there's a right answer but every night is most likely excessive and unnecessary <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I would totally agree. And I'm just going to reveal as an oily skin person, I will never slug. So Mm. for those of you wondering, uh, an oily skin scenario, that's mine. Um, but I definitely agree that, um, when you slug every night, um, your skin, your skin is dynamic. Mm -hmm. It's also adapting to what's happening. And so, you know, it, it's not. It shouldn't be necessary for you to be slugging every night unless you are dealing with severely compromised skin. And in that scenario, if you've been struggling with that for a really long time, consider
1: seeing a derm instead. Yep, definitely treat it as a um, as a kind of like a me moment yes. or like a emergency patch up your skin kind for of sure. uh, kind of day. But it, it shouldn't be a daily routine thing. Yeah.
0: So. That's the end of our season four, episode (gasps) one. Um, We hope you enjoyed it. And if you have any questions, you know where to find us. Where can they find us, Gloria? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: You can email us at info at Uh, Our website is (laughs) chemistconfessions.com. And you can find us on Instagram at chemist.confessions. I would say you can find us on TikTok, but we most likely don't really respond to messages there. So um, yeah, uh, let us know if you have any questions. You can also leave a comment on this video directly. And yeah, we'll see you next week on the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye!